We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He should be going like three rounds higher. But I think, again, it's those health concerns that are probably keeping him from rising up draft boards. It's September 2022, Dolphins at Ravens. This is Remember That Game, the podcast about sporting events that take you on a journey and maybe chart the path of the zeitgeist. I'm your host, Thomas Emmerich, and my guest is Rotoviz Managing Editor and Co-Owner Blair Andrews. This game may be a preview of a game marked on the calendars of fans and particularly fantasy players. Week 17, Dolphins return to Baltimore where they won 42-38 last season before injuries had their way with both teams. And Blair, you've been researching for season preview pieces, so we're diving into this one from 2022, week two. How fun is it that we get to put this one back on stage in December 2023 and here on the podcast? A blast to watch last season. Um, it's so exciting that these teams face off now in in what uh, is maybe the most important week for uh fantasy gamers so yeah ton of fun is this year's week 17 ravens fins tilt the most hype you can recall for a game months out in the discourse among high stakes fantasy players yeah that's a good question i mean um it's only right in the last few years that it seems like high stakes players have been paying so much attention to the week 17 matchups i mean last year Bengals Bills, of course, was huge. And uh, even this year, Bengals Chiefs. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if anything, considering what these two teams did in week two, if we take that as kind of a, or in 2022, if we take that as kind of a starting point, you can almost make an argument that people aren't paying enough attention to to this game. <laughs> yeah. This yeah, this one was pretty wild, and if it's any sort of preview, a lot there for the folks who invested in Ravens and Dolphins in season long, and maybe have like you know an underdog or uh, Scott Fishbowl, a big field they need to come out on top of in Week 17. You could say this was the Ravens 28 to three, since Miami scored four touchdowns to the Ravens one field goal in the fourth quarter. Then Tua, Tyreek. Waddle led him back and filled the stat sheet with some pretty heavy concentration of production between those three, as they do. Going into 23 here, is Tua's health the biggest X factor of the fantasy landscape? And is it also the most indecipherable factor 
for fantasy football players? Yeah, it's definitely what I think Miami's season and a lot of fantasy seasons kind of will hinge on. And you can tell that fantasy managers are kind of uncertain about it because Tua, I think, in underdog leagues is like tail end of the eighth round right now. Based on the numbers he put up last year, if he had been healthy, you'd expect that to be a lot higher. So I think, um, yeah, everyone's a little bit unsure about what about what to expect, but it's definitely an important, um, you know, would have big ramifications throughout the season. Checking out the, the Rotoviz Game Splits app, Waddle goes up uh, four points in PPR while Tyreek Hill it gets an eight-point boost in games where Tua Tagliavoa throws more than 25 passes, which is a, mm. a filter to weed out the three games where he obviously had a concussion. Right. And this type of production under Tua versus Bridgewater and uh, Skylar Thompson last year, uh, this year Bridgewater out, but Skylar Thompson and, and Mike White. I nearly said Skylar White, as I almost do every time. This is going to be very <laughs> difficult. It wasn't preordained really at the time. Coming into this game here week two, Tua didn't have a huge week one. He was came in 150 to 1 MVP odds compared to Lamar Jackson's 22 to 1. Both teams came in 1 1 and 0, threw more on the strength of their defenses. Ravens held under 300 yards by the Jets, while Miami hosted New England and won comfortably, but scoring just the one offensive touchdown. They would put more on the board here. Spoiler alert. Uh, mm-hmm. How invested were you in season long with these teams last year and what kind of roller coaster were the first couple weeks like? I think most of my exposure in season long would have been to um, Jalen Waddle and a little bit to Rashad Bateman, probably, and you know some of the quarterbacks as well. But it was uh, definitely a bit of a roller coaster ride. I mean, Waddle ended up, of course, you know, destroying anyway. I think he had uh, the most fantasy points over expectation of any wide receiver last season. So. Um, you know, most of that coming in games where Tua played, but definitely pleased with uh, with what he was able to do last year, and he'll probably be one of my highest owned players again. Yeah, a lot of that damage with with Tua there, extrapolating the Tua games again. Waddles up to seventh in PPR, and Tyreek Hill goes up to first uh, above mm. Justin Jefferson when extrapolating in the road of his uh, NFL Stat Explorer. You see how much of it rides on Tua. He was third in fantasy points over expectation per game and then helping Waddle to the great over-expectation numbers. And you mentioned Bateman there. So Ravens' first offensive touchdown, a slant that Bateman takes 75 yards to the house. Are we uh, Rashad Bateman truthers here and uh, going over to the Ravens' pass core, you know, new look this season? Where are you bullish and bearish? Yeah, I'm still a believer in Rashad Bateman. Um, he's probably probably my favorite um, of their pass catchers besides Mark Andrews there. Um, they obviously have the rookie Zay Flowers coming in who, you know, I personally think maybe a little bit overdrafted, but he does have a pretty intriguing profile and uh, could could do some things. Odell Beckham coming in as a veteran, you know, two years basically removed from his last NFL action, I think not necessarily um, that bullish on his outlook, but um, it's kind of like uh, 
maybe the price the Ravens had to pay to re-sign Lamar Jackson. So could be a win from that <laughs> from that standpoint. Before Bateman gets the Ravens' second touchdown, the, the Ravens nearly expand their lead, fumbled at the snap. Dolphins backed up on their own, against their own end zone, and Waddle gets them out of it. McDaniel uh, somehow gets Waddle on Patrick Queen, and yikes. <laughs> Catch and run goes wild. At the end of that drive, you have a tunnel screen to Waddle for a touchdown in the red zone. Hill and Waddle both put up uh, run after the catch numbers uh, on this day. We're able to do a lot of work there. How much did this impact the way you evaluated them? Um, I mean, we always knew that the these were like two of the fastest guys in the NFL. I mean, between these two, Mostert, you know, they had A-Chain. I mean, Dolphins have probably the fastest skill players in the whole league. Um, that's, that's obviously going to make an impact in terms of yards after catch. Um, we know Hill can do a lot with the ball in his hands. I think he was actually third in fantasy points over expectation last season. You know, obviously it's it's surprising to see them put up these kind of yards after the catch, but I mean, this is kind of who they are and uh it'll be it'll be difficult I think in 2023 for them both to kind of replicate the efficiency they had last year, but I'm hopeful still. <laughs> Speaking of uh, efficiency, we go over to uh, the Ravens side in the first half here. Jackson hits Mark Andrews up the seam, called uh, a touchdown, but a replay reverses it. So they get at the one play action for Mark Andrews to get his touchdown. The call coming in from Greg Roman. Todd Munkin replacing him is, is generally considered to be a bullish factor going into the forecast. Where are you on the Munkin boost? That is an interesting question. I think, you know, it's no... Greg Roman has been able to get a lot out of mobile quarterbacks in particular, and it helps that he's had guys like Jackson and like Colin Kaepernick. But even you look back at like his Buffalo teams with Tyrod Taylor, he was able to get Taylor to put up stats that we've never seen him do in any other situation. So um, there's something about... You know, there might be something to that and Roman's success with quarterbacks like Jackson. On the other hand, you mentioned that sequence we saw at the uh, end of the first quarter with the Ravens running. I think they they ran it up the middle with Kenyon Drake. Then they try two times with Mike Davis and then again up the middle, try to sneak it with Lamar Jackson before the fumble. I mean, these are kind of these are pretty frustrating play calls that you hope with Munkin coming in bringing maybe more of the college-style offense, more spread offense. You see some more creative things near the goal line. Yeah, it's kind of hard to evaluate. I think Monk, in, in his NFL history track record, has not had a quarterback as talented as Jackson is, so it'll be pretty interesting to see what he's able to do. He kind of has a reputation as a guy who likes to air it out, but he didn't do that as much in Cleveland or his first year in Tampa Bay, so I think he's more... I think he's probably the sort of coordinator who kind of can tailor the system, tailor the scheme to fit his personnel, which is a good thing, uh, which is what you would you would hope to see. And uh, yeah, I think it could be it could be really exciting to see what he brings to Baltimore. Um, more up tempo, more uh, no huddle is what what uh, we're hearing. So that would be pretty fun. More fun like their offense in the first half as opposed <laughs> to the second half. 
They they go into halftime up 28-7. Andrews is about 5 for 50 and a touchdown going into the half. Take that, about 16 PPR going in. Lamar to Andrews uh, looked unstoppable early on as Ravens expanded their lead before the Dolphins came roaring back and before Jackson went out later in the year. Uh, what kind of shot does Andrews have at entering the Kelsey tier this season? I mean, I think he's got a good shot to kind of enter that elite tier. I mean, nobody is Travis Kelsey, but um, we've seen Andrews put up similar sorts of numbers before. Just a few years ago, he was, you know, being drafted in the first round in a lot of leagues, especially tight and premium ones. So um, he has that upside. He has that potential. Uh, if Jackson can stay healthy and the offense is a little more, um, yeah, a little more like what we saw in the first half of this game, then I think there's definitely, uh, definitely a possibility for Andrews to get up there and be, you know, we're talking about him as a first round pick next year, perhaps. And we're about to see a bonkers second half from the Dolphins' offense, <laughs> uh, particularly in the fourth quarter. But first, Lamar Jackson, 77 yards to the house. Um, that ends up cutting it to 35-14 after the Dolphins do get into the end zone in the third quarter. But 35-14 entering the fourth on uh, ESPN, they had 99% win probability at that point. They go off. Um, you see kind of the potential there for the Dolphins. Do you think the uh, ADP market for the big hitters here with Tua, Hill, and Waddle, or is there too much doubt priced in when comparing last year's cost to now in drafts? I think so, particularly for Tua and for even a little bit for Waddle. Um, you know, when somebody, when you see a wide receiver put up the kind of efficiency numbers that Waddle just did, it's almost always a signal that they are going to be getting more opportunity in the future. And we kind of got a taste of that in this week two game. I think uh, Waddle had, what, 19 targets? Um, so he never never got that many again in 2022. But um, it's kind of, you're seeing a glimpse of the sort of stat line that he could put up even with Hill also having a good game. So I think, um, you know, there's a, a little bit, you know, Waddle might, even in the beginning of the second round, might be a little bit undervalued. Tua, I think, is probably, you know, he should be going like three rounds higher. But I think, again, it's those health concerns that are probably keeping him from rising up draft boards. Yeah, and Waddle has a big drive, um, lots of run after catch on the their first touchdown of the fourth quarter, bringing it to 35-21. And then Tyreek Hill would get behind the defense for two long touchdowns, uh, 48 and 60 yards. He can pretty much waltz into the end zone for each of them. Ravens end up being outscored 28-3 to in this quarter. What kind of fantasy outing might J.K. Dobbins have had in this game? With the Ravens up nearly throughout. You know, for most running backs, they don't seem to have a very big impact on the on kind of the outcome of the game in in a huge way. Um, one thing you can do if you go into the road of his team splits app is you can see how the Ravens have performed with and without Dobbins. And it's actually pretty fascinating just how valuable he is to the team to the offense in terms of the number of points they put up and the number of uh, expected wins um, the number of you know basically 
the uh, all the offensive efficiency metrics have a huge improvement when he's on the field. So, you know, in this game, you have Lamar Jackson throwing, well, only 29 attempts. Yeah, it wasn't even like it was a high volume game for Jackson. So the other Ravens, they put up like a total of 36 yards. Jackson had 120, 119. So you would really like to see what Dobbins would have been able to do in this one, because obviously these other running backs were not getting it done. Dobbins misses the first couple of weeks here in 2022, including this week two game. Comes back and fits and starts, uh, but eventually has a pretty impressive stretch in some ways. Do you think he can command the type of backfield share going forward that those taking him in, say, the fourth round anticipate? Yeah, he can. And I think um, if you're expecting Lamar Jackson to be healthy and for this offense to be as good as they looked in the first half of this game, then you don't even necessarily need a huge share for Dobbins to pay off at that price because he's going to have so many, so much touchdown equity and so many goal line opportunities that, um, you know, we know he's one of the most efficient runners in the league, um, averaging, you know, over six yards a carry in a lot of seasons. So uh, some of that is likely to regress to the mean, but um, still in this offense, with his talent, um, you know, the the volume is nice, but he doesn't need to have necessarily a huge workload to pay off at that price. Um, but he probably will. I mean, they don't really have anyone else <laughs> besides Jackson. Touched on the, the Ravens' backfield share, really spread out there. Kenyon Drake led them with six carries. You got Mike Davis with five, Justice Hill with three. On the other side, the Dolphins rushers less evenly distributed, but not by a ton. Raheem Mostert, leader in carries, 11 for 51. And then you have a Chase Edmonds, actually big run toward the end that gets him to five for 33. Dolphins roar back 21 points in the first seven minutes of the fourth quarter. 35-35, we're all tied up. Ravens answer with a field goal. Dolphins get it back. Two-minute drill. Down to 45 seconds left, and they're at the, the Ravens' 35-yard line. Yeah, half back out of the shotgun. Chase Edmonds takes it down to the seven-yard line, uh, sets it up for the thrilling finish here coming up. How do you uh, go about evaluating Mike McDaniel's backfield and distribution after uh, what we saw last season and, and then the, the moves they made uh, this offseason? It's pretty interesting. I was expecting, I think, for him to maybe commit more to one running back. I would, you know, I had kind of bet that it would be Mostert in a lot of my uh, fantasy leagues. So a little disappointing that not only Edmonds was worked in, I mean, you know, only five carries, but he did have that big run to really set them up um, to win the game. Um, and then, you know, later in the season, Jeff Wilson was in there too. Um, uh, but yeah, I think it's probably the, you know, if there's like an optimal way to, to manage a backfield like this, that might be close to it. Having these, these guys split it fairly evenly. Um, you know, and then they drafted Devin A chain this year. He's kind of interesting as like a speed guy and a pass catcher. So it'll be, um kind of anyone's guess as to how how it gets uh, how it all unfolds this season i'm still fairly bullish on 
on Mostert, but uh, yeah, not as much as I was last season after seeing how how McDaniel kind of uh, likes to manage these guys' workloads. Get the ball down to the seven after that big run by Edmonds. Eventually, Tua rolls left, buys a little time, hits Jalen Waddle up top for the go-ahead score. Ravens get it back. Uh, enough time for a Hail Mary that actually seemed like Bateman could have had a shot at, but he also see- he appeared to think he was like held. And that's the ball game, 42-38. Not a second went by that was uninteresting. <laughs> In retrospect, was this the most exhilarating regular season game of 2022? For me, probably... It was um, watching it as a as a Ravens fan. I was I was uh, you know excited throughout and disappointed at the end. So um, you know exhilarating for most of it, but then just kind of crushing <laughs> blow when they give up so many points uh, in the fourth quarter and can't even can't even hang on to win the game. So yeah, it's tough, uh, but a lot of fun to watch for. Most of it. <laughs> that Hail Mary uh, works out, which it, yeah. it seemed like interestingly close to coming through or yeah, to Bateman coming away with it based on just like how many bodies were, were around where the ball came down. Yeah. yeah. Um, didn't seem that dense. That would have boosted Bateman to 155 yards and two mm-hmm. touchdowns. And, and then things start to fall apart. The secondary gets injured. Bateman goes on uh, IR. Uh, he wasn't long for that season. And then Lamar later on with the injury and the, the contract situation. And then the Dolphins side, you have some what could have been there. Tua following week against Buffalo, the concussion, and then the, the one after that against Cincy. He misses some time in the middle of the season, comes back uh, week 7 through 10 per the road of his NFL Stat Explorer, QB1 performances. Um, back mm-hmm. on top of the world for folks who bought in on the Dolphins, and then it comes crashing down again. Which team do you feel like had more of a lost season, or or is there any other team in the, the league you can think of besides these two that had more of a what could have been season than uh, Dolphins and Ravens here? <laughs> uh, well, I'm a little biased, but I do think the Ravens definitely had uh, some real unfortunate injury luck with Bateman going down and Lamar Jackson and Dobbins never seeming to be fully healthy. A lot of potential there that feels like wasn't quite realized. I mean, obviously the way Tua was playing was just amazing. And to, to have him go down really in kind of uh, in a really such an unfortunate way too is uh, is a real bummer. Yeah. It really is hard to think looked so promising to start the season and you know for the first half of the season and then just kind of collapsed in the way that these two teams did as a ravens fan you had your success in the early 2000s and the flacco run in 2012 one of the more i would say mind-blowing uh (laughs) experiences even for the 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 neutral fan the neutral observer yeah has that cushioned the blow of the past few seasons like would it be do you feel snake bitten since then or what's the confluence of emotions there I mean, you feel like the the personnel that the team has now, at least on the offensive side of the ball, is a lot better than than uh, than what uh, was able to get them to the Super Bowl, like during the the Flacco area. So, yeah, it's hard to say, but you see a lot of potential, a lot of missed opportunities, a lot of you know the team could be well on paper is a lot better and. So, yeah, disappointing in a lot of seasons, especially with the kind of lack of success that they've had 
in the playoffs during Lamar Jackson's tenure. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 2019, you have the, the top seed going into the playoffs. And you have these uh, stretches early in the season with the offense. It looks unstoppable. You even get to the playoffs this year with Anthony Brown. You're <laughs> almost beating the Bengals. I mean... Where are you on the likelihood they put it all together this year uh, in both as a fan? How you talk to people when they're asking about their fantasy team, knowing you're, you're a Ravens fan? Yeah, I mean, I'm always bullish on, on the Ravens being able to make a deep playoff run. Um, yeah, and I, mean, I think the fantasy, you know, having the pieces in place this year uh makes it seem like it's even more likely i mean they go out and add to their receiving core which is probably at least on the offensive side the the part that's been lacking the most especially when you have guys like bateman going down so that's that's pretty big yeah and then in terms of fantasy i mean i (laughs) i hope i'm able to be objective when i'm discussing the ravens from a kind of fantasy perspective i'm uh yeah, I'm obviously like a Lamar Jackson fan, and I like having him on my fantasy team because he puts up a lot of points. But it's not, uh, well, I'll put it this way, becoming like really invested in fantasy kind of changes the way you you relate to your favorite team in a way. After the 2000 you know, Super Bowl and after the 2012 Super Bowl winning those, like how, how did that change your, your perspective or and in any way your desperation for, for seeing their success? And then also as you move into managing like a fantasy website, like what kind of impact does that have? Yeah, I mean, you know, I remember the 2012 one a lot better. And I mean, you know, after you kind of get a taste of that you're always like hoping that you can that they can uh, repeat that i think having that memory kind of keeps me hopeful i would say and it's been you know not like some other teams that have been kind of disappointing since coming off super bowl wins the ravens have been able to always field a pretty competitive team so um that's been 
you know, there's some elements of that part that make it make it pretty easy. I guess I don't even know if it's so much managing a fantasy website that changes it, but just playing and having to have these guys on your team in a lot of cases, you can kind of you can see ways in which on field success for the team doesn't always match up with fantasy success for you guys. And I mean, the Ravens are especially such a big, you know, such a good example of that where, you know, Lamar Jackson rushing for a bunch of touchdowns usually means they probably win the game, but it also means Rashad Bateman doesn't get, you know, he'll get four or five targets or something. So, um, yeah, I mean, when you, when you're rooting for a team, you want, you know, I always want my fantasy teams to do, to do well as well. So I'm rooting for the Ravens in a way that, that uh, <laughs> can help all my teams. It's a good one to have as far as you know, those two aligning. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a Giants fan, so like we've made the playoffs like with the least frequency of almost any <laughs> team in the league the past two years. Like we missed the playoffs like eight out of the past ten, and I was like, it actually, actually bothered me that much because of the yeah. 2011 and 07 uh, titles. I was in much more of a tormented state where we're making the playoffs all the time, but we were losing. um before before we'd won a title in like my waking yeah or at least my conscious life you know (laughs) or 1990 title doesn't do me a lot as like right what got you to be uh a ravens fan what what was your journey there i grew up kind of in the i guess you would call it the greater baltimore area so just being around other people who like the team was kind of the the main thing they were just you know the home team the only NFL game I've been to have been Ravens games so that's just the local team I guess I mean I wasn't you know I never lived in Baltimore but close enough that that uh, they were just the local team the commanders like somewhat or the Washington football team somewhat nearby but it seems like right the, the, the past regime made that a little easier to choose Ravens yeah definitely and uh, I guess the Ravens moved to Baltimore probably about the same time that I moved to the area so it was kind of like oh you know new team here i don't know they were like the cool new thing something like that but definitely definitely the old commander's regime was not made them difficult to root for although when i was you know when i was in middle school or whatever that wasn't necessarily top of my list of things i was thinking about when picking a team (laughs) who's your favorite ravens player all time probably justin tucker that's a that's a weird answer but (laughs) certainly the most successful the greatest player at his position to do it right exactly exactly it's come it's become kind of a joke on these fantasy streams that i do trying to get justin tucker on every team but (laughs) the kickers sometimes make a difference less in fantasy than in real life oh yeah a lot lot of episodes (laughs) in this show where the the miss or made kick is etched in uh people's memory This has been another episode of Remember That Game. Please rate, review, subscribe, and check out more episodes. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Granger for the ones who get it done.